The Church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut invites you to join us for this edition of Shi'ar Jashub. Today, we will begin the next sermon in Pastor Greg Scalzo's Through the Bible in-depth series on heavenly authority. Greg Scalzo has pastored Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle for over three decades, and he is the author of the new life-transforming book, The Nature and Power of Prayer. Now, let's go right into the Sunday message. Today, we'll return to the Authority Series. In this section on respect for authority and the limits of that respect, we've already seen uh, how the Lord Jesus reacted when he was on earth to the Pharisees and the scribes in Matthew 23, of whom he said, they sit in Moses' seat, therefore whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But then he went on to speak the truth of their condition and pronounce the woes of God's judgment that would come upon them. And we saw the Lord's reaction to the Sanhedrin and the high priest Annas and Caiaphas at his arrest. We saw his submission, his silence, yet when charged his proclamation of the truth, when they asked him, tell us if you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus said to them, it is as you said, nevertheless I say to you, Hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. We saw how they took then and they beat him. They spat in his face. They struck him with the palms of their hands. They handed him over to the Romans and he was scourged, terribly crucified. And Though he could have called down 12 legions of angels, though he easily could have led the people in rebellion against the, the corruption of the chief priests and the Sanhedrin, he does not. And by not doing so, their position of authority as descendants of Aaron, the chief priests, Annas and Caiaphas, on this Passover, by handing him over, by executing him at that time, they confirmed him as the Passover lamb. They didn't intend to do that, but they did it. It is as you said, Jesus says to them. They're saying it right then and there by trying him and condemning him, though they know he is innocent, on the Passover, they are in their position of authority proclaiming him the Passover lamb. And so you have the Son of God, the pure Son of God, submissive to the evil wickedness of mankind, and by it, God working out his ultimate plan, and by doing that, also bringing judgment then upon these leaders. They bring judgment down upon themselves. God will cut them off as he cuts off the house of Eli. But at this point of time of the trial, they are Israel's leaders. For that matter, if you look in John chapter 11, something that might be very perplexing, at this point, they are Israel's leaders. It tells us that 
after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, in verse 47 of John chapter 11, then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, and you notice the chief priests who are Sadducees and the Pharisees who are normally against each other are coming together over the common cause that they hate this man from Nazareth. Gathered a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. Now that should have been a testimony right there that he was a Messiah to them. But they are concerned with their own authority and power. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Caiaphas, we've seen, we've studied it, he is corrupt, he is wicked. Yet because of his position as high priest, a position which the father did establish, he receives as high priest that year a true prophecy. He said this, that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish, and not for that nation only, not for the Jews only, but also he should gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. And they're probably thinking about the dispersion of the Jews, but that prophecy speaks of all the children of God, Jews and Gentiles. He received the word, Caiaphas, from the Holy Spirit. Because of his position as high priest, it was a true word of God, they would totally misinterpret it to say, well, we should put him to death. And so fulfill the prophecy, not understanding that the very one they put to death was God Almighty. How God will use their wickedness and their corruption for his purpose. But it only works because Jesus is submissive to that authority which they do have, though his authority is much greater. Jesus was not leading an earthly rebellion against the religious leaders, nor even against the pagan Roman secular authority. Remember in Matthew 22, when they're looking to test him, and they're looking to make a rift between him and the secular authority, he tells them in Matthew chapter 22, knowing they test him in verse 18, Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? They're asking him, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, to this pagan government that has taken control of Israel? And then he says in verse 21, after he asks them whose inscription and image is on the coin, and they say Caesar's, and he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. The money was a, a coinage of Rome, well, give to Rome what Rome coins, but give to God what God deserves, the spiritual matters. He was not looking to lead rebellion. He could have destroyed the Roman armies, but he submitted also to their secular governmental authority, even to the point of being charged 
as a blasphemer by the religious leaders and then persecuted and killed and executed as an enemy of the state by Pilate and the Romans. But Jesus tells Pilate clearly in John chapter 19, in verse 10, Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power, authority to crucify you and power, authority to release you? Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greatest sin. And he acknowledged the fact that the Father had given some authority to this governor in Rome, that there would not be chaos. You know, Daniel has the vision of the sea being tossed and churned up and different governments and empires coming in. Now, the empires are demonic. It's clear from the visions that Daniel sees that they're driven by demonic, usually pagan forces, and yet God allows them to be established. You think of Rome and all the pagan aspects of Roman religion, and yet by the fact that Rome is successful, it unifies the world at that time in a way that it never was unified before, which then God uses to spread the gospel through the world. Now, if Israel had not sinned, there would have been no reason for it. But God uses the punishment of, on Israel of the Hellenistic Greeks and then the Romans to do his work. He allows Rome to exist. Doesn't mean Rome is good. But he allows them to have authority. One of the reasons we pray for peace for those in authority and we pray for the leadership is that when you have an ordered system, it's easier to spread the word of God. When you have total chaos, anarchy, like you had at the French Revolution, where one group is slaughtering another, and then they in turn get slaughtered and guillotined by another, when you have that constant turmoil, it's difficult to get out the word of God. But in the Pax Roma, the peace of Rome, you have the Roman citizen Paul who goes through Asia Minor and really plants the seeds that would mark the end of paganism in the empire and ultimately bring down Rome. God will use it. He establishes even Pilate doesn't make Pilate right. Jesus, though he has great authority as son of God, as son of man, he submits not only to the Pharisees and scribes and to the Sanhedrin, as he says to Nicodemus, you are the teachers of Israel, not just to the high priest, the Sadducees, Annas, Caiaphas, but even to Rome. And by them exercising wickedness upon him, God brings the greatest victory in all human history. We read last time in 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 18, he talks about servants and masters. Reminds us a little bit about what it's like to be on a job and you have bosses and authority over you and sometimes they're not so great. And yet he says, servants be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but to the harsh, for this is commendable. And then he goes down to verse 21, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, he's innocent, nor was the seed found in his mouth, he didn't deserve any penalty at all upon him, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him, God Almighty, the ultimate judge, who judges righteously 
who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. He is Lord over all, yet he submits himself for our sake, giving us an example of the spirit that we are of. Now, he speaks the truth, right? He gives the woes to the Pharisees. He speaks the truth to Annas. He declares that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, to Caiaphas. He's not shy, but he's not rebellious. He's not leading a revolution. And what is the result? God would bring the solution for the corrupt Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, and even pagan Rome. The Father would deal with them. And the result of his submission at the resurrection we read in Matthew chapter 28, after he humbled himself in such a way, it says in verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying all authority, not just some, not just a little, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He humbled himself and now he is greatly exalted. You can find a library of Bible study sermons, information about the church, important articles, and Pastor Greg's bio on our church website at www.shiarjashub.org. Pastor Greg Scalzo's new book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, is now available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.